Hi, this is Sam Chan, and welcome to the Sam Chan Leadership Podcast. It is my honor to serve you, help you achieve your dreams. Let's do this together. So I'm looking forward to sharing with you today what I think is the key ingredient for growth into the future. The key ingredients, apart from Jesus, apart from the supernatural, apart from the miraculous, the greatest ingredient that is needed for growth in the future. It's one word, team, team. Now, when I was growing up, even today, I've never been athletically inclined. I wanted to play sports, but it never has come to me naturally or even unnaturally. I remember in gym class, growing up in India in gym class, uh, the, the gym teacher would choose two captains, Captain A, Captain B. And then the captains would start choosing their team from the class. You come here, you come here, you come here, you come here. And guess what? I was always the last guy to be selected. It's like, come on, Sam. And I was never the first choice, second choice, the 10th choice. I was always the last choice. Let me tell you how bad it was. So, so years later, somewhere in 1980, 81, when I became the pastor of a church in Michigan, United States, uh, our church had a softball team. Church had a softball team. And I thought, because I am the pastor of this church, I'm going to play on this team. I mean, I'm the pastor. What can they say about that? So I bought me a softball glove and a ball and I put oil on the glove and I practiced with it and I made it larger. I had people throw me balls and I'm in practice this, that. The other, I got my t-shirt. It had my name on it. It had the name of the church on the front, so on and so forth. And now I'm ready to play. I go out for practice, you know, all is well. Now I've got to remember the coach and the the uh, people who were leading the team are all my members. I'm their pastor. They are my members. So I think I have clout with them. They respect me, honor me simply because I'm a pastor. Well, we played a few games. Then I, I still remember, I still remember we were playing a softball league game against another, another organization. And in the middle of the game, when our team came off from the field, my coach, who's a member of my church, remember that. My coach comes up to me and says, Pastor, you have been teaching us and preaching that we should operate in our gifts. And that when we operate in our gifts that are naturally given to us, we can flourish more, we produce more, we win more. Pastor, if you don't mind me saying this to you, playing softball and sports and athleticism is not your gift. But I know what your gift is. Your gift is to cheer us on. Your gift is to motivate us. The gift, your gift is to encourage us. Your gift is to inspire us. So guess what happened? My own softball team of the church of which I am the senior pastor pulls me off. But you know why that happened? Because teams have only one aim, only one goal, which is what? To win. There is no 
big eyes and small u's but if that happens then bad things happen you remember the united states olympic team basketball olympic team because the olympic uh, organization allows uh, professional nba players to be part of that team and the 2004 team went to the olympic game and looks like every country beat them now these are nba guys you know 10 feet tall who can dunk a ball standing flat footed on their foot here all of a sudden every country seems to beat them and the nba they call themselves the dream team they came back from there with a bronze medal hard fought bronze medal that's the best they could do they were the dream team but the dream team another set of players went back in 2008 to be part of the olympics but you know this time what they did this time they did something unique they actually practiced together and therefore they were able to win so this is what i learned this is what i've learned that mediocre players average players who are a strong team will always win against strong players who are a weak team i want to say that in reverse for you a weak team with strong players will always lose to an average team average players who are a strong team it's all about not about the players it's always about the team so going forward into the future i want to help you understand how you select a team and what are the qualities you're looking for them so there are four categories of people that matter where you go church corporation sacred secular ministry marketplace that matter where you go you're going to find these four levels of people here you are wanderers people who are always wandering followers number 2 achievers number 3 leaders number 4 wanderers followers achievers and leaders let me explain each one of them for you wanderers are people who will never get it good people if they are in church safe people but they will never get it you can try to explain it to them they you can give them webinars you can send them to conferences you can give them books to read cd's to listen to dvd's to watch you can mentor them train them however you want to do you keep pouring 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 into them but they will never get it you know people are coming to your mind right now in whom you have invested so much but they will never get it they are wanderers they will never see it they will never see it Number 2 is followers. <clears throat> followers are different from wanderers. Followers will see it, see the need, but will not pursue it on their own. So they will walk past a classroom for example and the chairs are all crooked and everywhere all over the floor. They will see the need <clears throat> but will not take the initiative to go into the room to straighten it out, to make it well. They will see stuff on the floor They'll walk past it, but will not pick it up. But here's what you need to know about followers. 
They will see it, but not pursue it on their own. But if you tell them to do it, they're not resistant. They don't have a bad attitude. They're willing and able to do that, but they will not pursue it on their own. Number three are achievers. Achievers will see it and pursue it on their own. They will see the classroom that needs to be straightened up. They will go in there and straighten it up. They will see some trash and garbage on the, on the floor as they're walking past. They will bend over, pick it up, and throw it away. They will see it and pursue it on their own. And most of us get delighted when we find an achiever because they can see it and pursue it on their own. But there's a fourth level. We call it leaders. Leaders are people who will see it, number one. Number two, pursue it. And number three, they will help others see it. They will see it. They will pursue it. And most importantly, number three, they will help others see it. Another way to say it is they will know, they'll grow, and they will show. They know, they grow, and they show. So right now, many people, thousands all over the world are watching Pastor O'Mara and Pastor Toniel and Sam Chand, and you're receiving amazing information from everyone in different ways. But there are some who will be wanderers. They'll say, oh, that was really good, but nothing changes. Followers, ah, okay, I need to do that. Achievers, I will do that. But leaders are thinking, who else needs to watch this? Who else needs to do this? Who else can I share with this? You know what leaders are going to do? All of you who consider your leaders right now, you know what you're going to do? As soon as you're finished watching us, you're going to contact somebody by text, WhatsApp, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, phone call, email, you're going to reach out to somebody's and say, hey, have you watched this? If you have not watched this, can I send you the link for it? I think this will be really helpful because leaders are always sharing wealth of information, inspiration, motivation, encouragement with others. They know, they grow, and they show. So how do leaders rise? How did Pastor Toniel get to where he is? How did Pastor Omira get to where she is? And how did I somehow sneak into the party myself? There are three words I want you to remember. Number one is observation. Number two is opinion. Number three is opportunity. Number one is observation. Number two is opinion. Number three is observation. Those are the three steps everybody goes through. So if you are wondering, why did you get a promotion? Because somebody observed you. Somebody formed an opinion about you. And then somebody gave you an opportunity. Why is it that some people get promoted, some people get demoted, some people get terminated, some people are stagnated? Why is that? It is all because somebody observes you. Somebody forms an opinion about you. And finally, 
somebody gives you an opportunity. Let's talk about those briefly. So what are people observing about you? I have led many teams. I am 68 years of age. I have led many organizations. I've been the primary leader, the secondary leader in so many organizations. I get to be around leaders all the time. And this is what leaders are observing. The first thing leader anybody observes about you is your attitude. Your attitude. People will meet your attitude before they meet you. So what's your attitude like? Because see, you can't hide your attitude. Attitude will come through if you're angry through your smile, the attitude will come through your smile. Your attitude will come through your facial expressions. Because you see, your attitude is just the aura around you. You know people who walk into a room with a bad attitude? <clears throat> now you might not be an attitude specialist, an attitude consultant, you have not done a PhD in attitude, but everybody knows, all the way from a child to an adult, when they have a bad attitude. Because you see, bad attitudes are the first thing that people are gonna observe, and they're gonna also observe your good attitude about you as well. And here's the thing about attitudes. You can fake it for a minute, you can fool a few people for a little bit, but eventually your natural attitude will start showing itself bigger and bigger and people will know who you are. What else do people observe about you? They observe if you have creativity, if you have solutions, if you're innovative, if you're entrepreneurial, people see that about you. If you are always bringing up problems or you're bringing up solutions. Because see, solution-oriented people are always saying, okay, but we need to get beyond that. I see the problem, but the world become, belongs to those who have solutions. Everything that you will buy today used to be a problem, but somebody monetized the problem into a solution and is making money. Anybody who's gonna make money today is because they found a solution. The clothes I'm wearing at one time was a problem. The store that sells it sometimes were hard to come by. Uh, sometimes I have a hard time reading, so I have glasses to read. This was a problem, this became a solution. When I buy these reading glasses, all of a sudden, I have bought a solution that used to be a problem. So everything you're gonna buy today, the house you live in, the car you drive, the clothes you wear, the grocery store you go to, the bank that you drive through, the, I mean, everything that you do in your life, your, your internet, your, uh, your email, everything that you're doing used to be a problem till somebody found a solution and became a multimillionaire. So you want to grow in the coming year? You gotta become part of a winning team. And the winning team has to be creative, solution-oriented, entrepreneurial, innovative. Let me give you one more thing that people observe. People observe about you whether you're part of the big vision or are you driving your own vision. You know there are people who want to be the winner 
recognized for everything, get credit for everything. They want to be like the wheel within the wheel. So they're not about the house. They're not about the vision. They're not about the big picture. They're not about the team. They're about themselves. And when people see that, they start marginalizing you. They start quarantining you. They try to get away from you because they know that you have selfish motivations. Not only what do people observe about you, people form opinions about you. Did you know people have opinions about you? You have opinions about people? You, you see somebody for the first time and you form opinion of them. You, 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 you're going through the TV channels with a remote control. How long does it take you to form an opinion if you're going to watch it or not? Bam, 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 bam. That, and then you will linger for 30 seconds at something and then change it from there. You, you go shopping. You go shopping and let's just say you're trying to buy some jeans. And, and there are racks full of jeans. And you're going through. You go, you're moving the racks with the jeans just like this. You know what you're doing? In split second, you're forming opinions. I don't like that shade of blue. I don't like that shade of black. I don't like the way it is, it is stitched. I don't like the lining on it. I don't like the pockets on it. You are making opinions that fast. And so, some other things about opinions. Have you noticed that people opinion, form opinions like that and it takes them a lifetime to change an opinion? Have you noticed how freely people share their opinion with others? You know, I don't think this should be. I don't think that should be this way, that way. People share their opinion, and not only will they share their opinion freely, but their opinion also predisposes other people. Uh, you go to a restaurant, you like the food, so you have an opinion, you tell your friends about it, it predisposes them. You went to the same restaurant, you had bad food, you tell your friends, it predisposes them about that. They have never been to that restaurant, but your opinion predisposes them. Did you know you and I are in life? because of somebody else's opinion. Pastor Otonio and Pastor Omara invited me to be part of their vision because they observed me. They have an opinion of me. In this case, it happens to be a good opinion. And because of that good op opinion, I have this opportunity to speak to thousands of you all over the world. So why do opportunities come? Opportunities are given by somebody else. Always remember this, wherever you are in life, you didn't get there by yourself. Somebody else put you there. Somebody said this way, if you ever see a turtle, a tortoise on top of a fence post, you know one thing about the turtle, it didn't get there by itself. Somebody picked it up off the ground and put it over there. So that simply means this, that somebody else has the keys to your life Somebody else has your future in their hands and the flip side of the same coin is the same, that you hold the keys to somebody else's life. So when you're selecting a team, be reminded of the three steps that are going on almost unconsciously or subconsciously in your mind. You are making observations, you're forming opinions and giving opportunity. Bam, bam, bam. That's what's going on. That's how you select a team. So... As a team leader, let me talk to team leaders now. As a team leader, what do you do? So if you're leading a team of three volunteers, or you're leading a team of 5,000 employees, really doesn't matter. If you're leading a team in a company, in a corporation, you're leading a team in the church, it really doesn't matter. Here are three things that you do. You discover, 
you develop and you deploy. You discover, you develop, you deploy. You discover, develop, deploy. Before I get there, I want to remind you, I've talked to you about four categories of people, wanderers, followers, achievers, and leaders. Then I also shared with you how we get anywhere in life because somebody observes us, somebody forms an opinion, and hence gives us an opportunity. And now as a leader of a team, because the team will be the most important thing, as a leader of a team, what do you do? What's your job description? What are your responsibilities? Discover, develop, deploy. Discover, develop, deploy. What is that? Discovery is when somebody sees something in you. Somewhere way back there, somebody saw something in me. Somebody saw something in Pastor Antonio. Somebody saw something in Pastor Omira. Somebody saw something in you and invited you to be part of the process. At whatever level that might be, it is still a higher level than we were at. For example, this invitation that I have to speak to you has taken me to a higher level. Why is that? Because of discovery. Every one of us is somewhere in life because somebody discovered us. But you as a leader now have the responsibility of not getting discovered, but discovering others. So for that, you've got to be observant. For that, you've got to be looking and scanning the horizons. For that, you've got to be conscious of the people that cross your path. Because you see, don't go by your first instincts because you've been wrong before about people. and You can be wrong again about people. Discover. How do you discover people? You discover people when you're open to new people, when you're open to new ideas, when you're open to people who are different from you. Don't go out there looking for everyone to look like you, act like you, talk like you, behave like you. No, you're not trying to look for clones because if everybody on the team played the same position on the team, then all the other positions will remain empty. But you choose members who are stronger in different areas of their life. You're not looking for replication of yourself. You're looking for team members who can strengthen weaknesses, strengthen areas of need. So you discover. And then you develop them. You develop them into better human beings. You develop them into a better way of making decisions. You teach them conflict resolution, decision making. You teach them about how to play with the team. You teach them to be unselfish and be always giving credit to others. You teach them that they are not all that, but they contribute to the team. You teach them things like social graces, how to get along with people that are different from you how to have a good attitude in a bad situation. Now you noticed none of them are training issues. They're all developmental issues. Most organizations that I have worked with, I'm a leadership consultant and I travel all over the world and I can tell you this much, that most organizations I work with, they are overtrained and underdeveloped. They know how to do the job, but they can't get along with people. They can perform well in their position, but they are always conflict carriers and conflicted people. So we train people to do the job, but we don't develop them into good human beings. Now, I personally like a good steak, a good filet mignon. I like a good steak on the grill. I love a good steak. 
But can I tell you, a good steak does not start in the butcher shop. A good steak does not start on the grill. A good steak starts with the cow on the farm. You can get a good steak from a bad cow. You can get great leadership from somebody who's not been developed. So what is your development process of actually helping people become better human beings? So we discover, we develop, and then we do, what do we do? We deploy, we deploy, we deploy, we deploy. That means we release people, we don't hoard people, we don't hold them back, we don't keep them under wraps, we don't put them on probation forever, we deploy people. Now, will they make mistakes? Of course, don't you make mistakes? We all make mistakes. I always say to people, mistakes are like this. Don't repeat the same mistakes and please make new mistakes. <laughs> because new mistakes say you tried something, you were courageous to do something, you can always correct most mistakes. So you got to have the deployment mentality. We're not going to hold them down. They, because you see, your disciple might outgrow you. I've had many people in my life that I used to be their mentor. I used to be their coach. I used to be their consultant, but they have outgrown me. And they're doing greater things. And in that, I take joy. In that, I take satisfaction. In that, I have fulfillment. So I want to give you the final ingredient. Every team needs to be successful. Trust, trust, trust. Because see, when you trust somebody, you have relationship with them. When you trust somebody, you're willing to take a risk with them. When you trust somebody, you're willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. When you trust somebody, you are willing to give them a higher spot than yourself. When you trust somebody, you know they can do it better than you. When you trust somebody, you're willing to put all of your assets into their basket. When you trust somebody, you are not being uh, thinking, wonder what they're thinking. You're not double-gressing their motivations. You are not trying to think what might go wrong. When you trust somebody, your team can be a winning team. So before I conclude my time with you, let me recap all this for you. Remember, a team, I want to remind you that an average players, average players who are a strong team will always beat great players who are a weak team. Because every team has four categories of people, wanderers, Followers, achievers, and leaders. And how do leaders get to where they are? Because somebody, number one, observes them. Number two, forms an opinion about them. And number three, they give them opportunities. And because you have been given opportunities as a leader, you have a three-point job description. You discover, you develop, and you deploy. And the glue that keeps everything wrapped together strong, unbroken, unshaken, is trust. Trust takes a lifetime to build, 30 seconds to destroy. Trust is never built with huge steps, 
trust is built in small uh, incriminating steps. And these incremental steps are returning phone calls, returning messages, saying please, saying thank you, saying you're welcome. Incremental steps of doing what you said you were gonna do. Incremental steps of appreciating others, giving others credit. It's those seemingly small steps that build trust. In the future, you can be a winner. But you know how you're gonna be a winner? If you become part of a winning team. This is your friend Sam Chand saying to you, let's go win a few more.